Welcome, everybody, back to episode number two of the Goal Line Stand podcast. This is Jackson Caldwell. That is Kobe Reed. We're coming to you, I guess not live, but we're coming to you tonight to give you our ACC preview, dropping our all our college football knowledge that's changed. You know, so much has changed in the past 24 hours. Kobe, how are you, man? I'm doing good, brother. Ready, ready to knock out some ACC football with you. I guess before we hit on that, you know, I, you know, the Gators were in the news today. Seventy-five million dollar football facility, like it looked pretty That's nice. Huge, Everybody, man. it's an arms race in college football now. We've been hearing that for what a decade plus now, and it's Florida fans have been kind of complaining that they don't spend the money that these other top programs have. But it looks like they're investing a little bit. I have nothing else to say other than seventy-five million dollars looks good. Like it, yeah. they make it look good. <laughs> I think it's just. It's a good look for Billy Napier, and I think that's a good way to get a program started in your first year. Just revitalize everything, get facilities, make sure your players that are already there are taken care of. So the new ones that are coming in, they have something to look forward to. So, well, we're getting oh, close to kickoff here. What you what you got? Breaking! I just got the notification on Twitter. Five star edge rusher Keon Keeley has decommitted from Notre Dame, and he has already been crystal balled to go to Alabama. That's kind of been in the works. That, that's been the worst kept yeah. secret for like two weeks, hadn't it? Yeah, they tried. Like, I think he went on his official visit to Bama a couple weeks ago. And ever since, we've had players trying to get him to come and everything else. And he officially decommitted. And they've already got him crystal balled as of like five minutes ago. So, man, that, that that's a hard that's a hard uh, thing for Notre Dame. Because their recruit class is actually legit. It's not one of those fake top five recruit classes, but yeah. they've they've lost a little bit. And Keon Keeley, he's 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 a legit guy. And you know the the rich get richer. I mean, nothing you can yeah. say. I mean, Alabama's got a great recruiting class right now. Probably like they're already number one, correct? Yeah, they just got the number one. I think last week. Okay, so they're going to probably add to that at some point here in the future. Um, as far as Georgia Tech news goes, fall camp rolling on. Um, wide receivers coach Dale Alexander and running backs coach Mike Daniels, obviously both of those guys are new. They spoke to the media today, and, like, they love what's going on in their uh, in both their rooms right now. They spoke with competition. They singled out some guys. I got stu- all that stuff up on com. so y'all go give that a look. And we're going to be talking plenty of Georgia Tech today because today is our ACC preview. As you know, in the, our last episode, we hit on the SEC. No shocker, we got Alabama winning that one. The ACC, however, is a little different. Like, there's Clemson has ran the thing for since you know since 2015. They've really took it over. But last year, we had a Pitt Wake Forest ACC championship game and something that came out of nowhere. And I guess the question now that kind of looms over the conferences, is Clemson going to be back or are they still vulnerable? And if there are teams in the back that can come get them, um, I guess what are your thoughts on that before we start digging into the teams? Uh, it's like, honestly, I understand Dabo. He's very controversial. Uh, I like him personally as a coach. I think he always tries to do right by his players. I think his intentions are always good. However, I just don't see DJ making that developmental leap. I feel like he's going to end up coming back after this year for his senior year. Um, I, and honestly, if the five-star f- true freshman Cade Klubnick gets in there and has to take reps, I mean, so be it. But, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, Clemson's front seven, their D-line is absolutely disgusting, but I just don't see them making that much of a significant difference in last year. Yeah, and we'll dig into the Tigers a little bit closer. But for all you Tech fans, we're going to start in the Coastal, and I'm going to kind of lead us off here. 
Georgia Tech, it's it's not been pretty the last three years. This has been one of the – I won't say it's the biggest rebuild in college football history. That's probably a little too much of an exaggeration. But coming from the triple option, your your roster is just – it's just not filled with the type of athletes that you need, especially at the quarterback position and elsewhere. But Jeff Collins hasn't delivered the results as of yet. Everybody knows three straight seasons – no more than three wins in each of them, and some ugly losses in there. The Northern Illinois game last year, there's been a loss to the Citadel. So that there's a lot of pressure this year, and there's a lot of change. 17 transfers in. Jameer Gibbs has obviously gone to Alabama. They lost some transfers on defense as well. The biggest thing is, is if all of these things are going to click right away. You're talking a new offensive coordinator in Chip Long, a new running backs coach in Mike Daniels, a new wide receivers coach in Dell Alexander. Um, Ron Turner, De- yeah, um, Turner is coming over from as being the defensive line coach at Florida. He's now the assistant head coach and run game coordinator. Travars Tillman is the defensive backs coach now. Jason Seymour is back at Georgia Tech after being at Valdosta State. He is now the linebackers coach. Collins is said to be more hands-on with the defense last year, and um, frankly, he needs to be. This was a, a, a unit that was 110th or tied for 110th in scoring defense at 33, giving up 33 points a game. The end of the season last year was very ugly, losing 55 nothing to Notre Dame, 45 nothing to Georgia, and the games frankly weren't that close. I'll say this: being around the team at media days and just being around them in general, they're a confident group. Um, that they they are not wavering in that that they have a lot of belief in each other and and the belief that they that th- this is finally time and I, I think one of the players that is going to be key to that is quarterback Jeff Sims. Um, you know he was a, a four star recruit a couple years ago. He he's shown flashes of of being a high level player, but there's too much inconsistency there. And the hope is that one of the new coaches, Chris Winkie, is a quarterbacks coach. It's the first time Sims has had a, a quarterbacks coach. The hope is that with him and Long, that they can put something together. I, I think that the running back group, um, Dante Smith is probably the starter. He was kind of the third string guy along there last year, backing up Gibbs and Jordan Mason, who was off to the NFL. They brought in Dylan McDuffie from Buffalo, who was in a thousand yard rusher last year. Like people, when they bring up Georgia Tech, they don't bring this kid up often enough. Like that, that's, that's a pretty solid back. Like he, he was a good runner last year. And Hassan Hall is coming over from Louisville. As far as tight ends go, um, they're going to be heavily more involved with in Long's offense. They get Luke Benson from Syracuse um, coming in there. And then one, one guy I'm very interested to see is EJ Jenkins from South Carolina, 6'7", 245. He's going to be splitting out wide. Um, all reports are, I mean, they, they're just astounded at the mismatches that he could possibly create. It's, I'm excited to see him. There's The receiver position is largely unproven outside of Malachi Carter. You have some guys that did get some snaps in there, and they're excited about some guys in the slot, guys like McCollum, Malik Rutherford. They're excited about those. But the key on the, on the offense might be the offensive line. I mean, there's four new starters in there. Jordan Williams is the most experienced of them all, and I actually think he's one of the more underrated offensive linemen in the entire conference. But you get Pierce Quick from Alabama, Paul Teo from Clemson, R.J. Adams from um, Kentucky, and Corey Robinson from Kansas. It's Those guys are talented players. It's also going to be a tough ass for all those guys with little game experience to go out there and play Clemson week one. So I'll, I'll say that. 
Five transfers as far as DBs go. This was one of the worst secondaries in the country last year. There's there's no getting around it. 121st passing defense. One thing they've really harped on um, in the press conferences and at practice is communication. They think communication is a lot better. They think the leadership is a lot better. They don't think there's going to be as many busts and coverages this year. But, again, all this stuff, you got to go do it on the field. And, you know, the schedule. Everybody talks about the schedule. You open up with Clemson. Then you get Western Carolina at home. Then you get Ole Miss at home. You go to UCF. You go to Pittsburgh, and that's just your first five games. Your most winnable stretch of games comes at home against Duke. You get a bye week. You get a Thursday Thursday night game at home against Virginia. Then you hit the road Tallahassee to play Florida State. Hit the road to Blacksburg to play Virginia Tech, and then you finish with Miami at North Carolina and at Georgia. Win total is set at three and a half. I, I personally, for me, I think it's just going to be tough for this team to go to a bowl game. I, I, I just, I don't see. There's two games I think they'll be favored in all year: Western Carolina and Duke. I think they can get Virginia. I'm not very high on Virginia this year. You don't think they'll beat UCF this year? No, I don't. I, th- I think UCF's oh, a favorite in the AAC. I, I think that, I, I'm, I'm not saying they can't. But like UCF is, they've got some speed at the skill position. They got a unit, yeah. Yeah, their defense is going to be pretty solid, especially in the secondary. I think it's just going to be a lot to, and that that's a tough environment. I don't know if people have have seen the environment down at the Bounce House in Orlando. That that's a tough place to play. Yep. It's there's just so many new pieces trying to fit in with the coaching staff and on the offense and the defense. It, it's almost like a hail mary of sorts. You're just hoping. You're putting a lot of new things together, and you're hoping it just clicks. And it could. Like, there, there. it's a non-zero chance that you just put everything together, and it just works. Jeff Sims takes a big leap. The offensive line is much better. And the defense, I don't think, is going to be a, a top 30 or 40 unit. But if you get it up into the – as long as it's not 110th, yeah. it, it can work. But I, I just – I'll be interested to see where this team's head is at after the Pittsburgh game. If they're one and four after the Pittsburgh game, I, I want to see that they, they talk about the leadership. They talk about different things this offseason and how close they are as a group. That's where you're going to have to show it because you've got some winnable games coming up on the schedule. And if you want to make a bowl game for the first time since 2018, you got to do it then. Um, I, I just, I think it's going to be tough. They, they, I do think have improved the the depth and the talent in the portal. I just think it's a big ass to put it all together at once in a high pressure situation against this schedule. That that's my to d- d- dumb it all down. That's what I think. I just think there's too many new pieces to succeed against the schedule. In my opinion, I don't know what your take is. I mean, Georgia Tech is definitely rebuilding right now. You got a lot of games that I do see as winnable. Um, if we're looking at schedule, of course, Western Carolina, Ole Miss, even though it's at home, I mean, that's going to be tough in itself. Um, I just don't know how Georgia Tech matches up personnel wise against Ole Miss Clemson, of course, week one. I mean, what you see, what you see is what you're going to get with that one. But like you said, after Pitt, it's going to be very interesting because you got to think, I mean, y'all started off the season three and three last year, and then yeah. you hit a losing slump at the middle of the season. So if the leadership is there, uh, Jeff Sims, he's what is it his second year this year? It's third, third year. So yeah, so if his leadership can step up, he can make the right plays. He can take care of the football. If he can not force plays, take care of the football. 
I mean, there's no reason I don't see y'all winning at least three to four games this year. I don't think it will be any worse than last year. Um, but like you said, I do think the defense, that is going to be the key. Uh, but also, it can't get much worse than it was last year either. So it's, the only way is up from here. Yeah, and that that's what I say. Like, people want to harp on the defense. Like, it, it literally probably can't get worse. Um, well, I guess if you're Duke, it could. But th- hey, there are – Shout out to Pierce Quick, though. <laughs> hey, I love talking to him, and I got to talk to him at Media Days. He spoke the other day. Like, he, he's a great guy to talk he's to. Good. I think he's going to he's gonna step up, and he'll probably be playing at guard this year. So, yeah. I've just got too many – there's just too many question marks. Not that there's not maybe some talented guys at spots. There's just too many – there's just too much unknowns for me to say against the schedule this team's going bowling. And if they don't go bowling, I guess the question is whether Jeff Collins keeps his job or not. But – that that'll be a discussion for another time. So I think it's gonna I don't think Georgia Tech can make a bowl game against the schedule. They need to stop scheduling Ole Miss and UCF if they're gonna play Georgia every year. That's my other biggest takeaway. Like yeah. don't schedule those games. Like if you're gonna play Georgia every year, stop scheduling those games. You, you know it's, it's no Georgia, win situation. Tech has more SEC competition than Notre Dame does. That's saying something. Yeah, like it, it <laughs> it's yeah, it's tough. And then that's the other thing, okay, when you play Notre Dame every other year is part of the ACC mm-hmm. agreement, and you play Georgia. Like, stop scheduling these games. Like, because okay, if they go five and seven, and two of their losses are to Ole Miss and UCF, imagine if you were playing UMass or UConn, and you're yeah. seven and five, and you've got momentum as a program. Now, that's something that's been in my mind all, all season. But we'll see how it goes. Like Labor Day night, you, you couldn't. Well, I guess you could, but you, you it's going to be a tough opponent. We'll see what they got. So. The other team with a low win total in the ACC Coastal is the Duke Blue Devils. This is a total rebuilding project. David Cutcliffe was there for a long time. He made Duke respectable. He kind of lost it there towards the end. But uh, Texas A&M defensive coordinator Mike Elko's coming in. Starting quarterback's gone. Leading rusher's gone. Leading receiver is gone. This defense, if, for everything about Georgia Tech's defense, we said this team was 130th in total defense last year, 127th in scoring. I don't think it's going to be much better. I like Mike Elko. I think he's a good coach. This is going to take a while. That's my biggest takeaway. I agree. Yeah, it's just with the schedule they got, I mean. I will say this, however. They could start 4-0. As odd as that's going to be really bad this year. Northwestern, I don't I think is the worst team in the Big Ten. They should be NCA and T. And then the game of the century at Kansas. Like you'll we'll we'll, we'll get a up close look at that. So yeah, they, yeah. they could be four and and then they might not win another game. That that's that's the reality of their first their first four games, that's where they're that's gonna be the bulk of their season right there. That's where they really need to shine. Um, but yeah, as far as last year, I mean, like almost like we said with Georgia Tech, there's no way but up from here, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I hope they can get it figured out. I hope they can rattle off at least three to four games. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't win all of those first four. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, after that, Virginia, I don't think they beat Tech, North Carolina, Miami, Boston College, Virginia Tech, Pitt. At least they don't have to p- play Clemson. I guess that's what they got. Kind of like how we talked about Vanderbilt yesterday. You want to hit that win total, you better do it by September because then it gets awfully exactly. tough. But, yeah, moving on from there, we're going to go. One of the things we're going to talk about here with the Coastal is there's four new coaches here. Mario Cristobal at Miami, Mike Elko at Duke, Tony Elliott, Tony Elliott at Virginia, and Brent Pry at Virginia Tech. 
And moving on to um, those Hokies, they named Marshall transfer Grant Wells their starting quarterback today. He is a guy that's been kind of up and down. He kind of had a kind of burst onto the scene during the COVID season as a freshman and, and, and looked pretty, pretty dang good, actually. But inconsistency was his enemy last year, but he's going to step in. They're losing their leading rusher, a couple of receivers as well. I actually think this defense could be pretty good. Their secondary in particular, like I think Nasir Peoples and Armani Chapman are, are really good players. Um, I think this is a rebuilding project, but I think they make a bowl game because of their schedule. Uh, I don't know what you think. Um, let me pull up their schedule real quick. I mean, starting off at Old Dominion, and I know the jokes there, they did lose to Old Dominion a few years ago, which did not sit well, um, which kind of doomed the Justin Fuente era. But yeah. Boston College is a winnable game. Walford is a so. winnable game. I'm Boston not. College is always I'm, hard to play. Yeah, it, but it's in Blacksburg. Like, that's the yeah, thing. Like, I, I like Virginia Tech, even when they're down, like, that. that's a tough place to play. Um, yeah. And when they have the home, home field advantage like that, I think Dracovic is a really good quarterback. I think Zay Flowers is a really good wide receiver, and we'll get to BC in a minute. But I, I think Virginia Tech wins that game probably more often than not. You know, they get. I don't know if it's just Clemson, but every time I'll watch a Clemson game for the last couple of years, it's always been them versus Boston College, and Boston College has like given them a run yeah. for their money. Yeah, uh, I mean. Time. You know, so, one that DJ used first start a couple of years ago, Boston yes, College. Was. I think Trevor and, Lawrence had a COVID situation or something like that. Yeah, and Boston College should have beat them last year, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. But, but if looking at the rest of Tech, Virginia Tech schedule, um, yeah, I think they can. How do you feel about them versus West Virginia? I don't like West Virginia this year. I'll, I'll give that really? game. Heck yeah. Even with, I, I think JT Daniels is washed personally. I, I just don't think there's nothing there. And I just think their, their defense, they just had a lot of guys transfer. Uh, Miami took a couple of them, especially their better ones. So, yeah. I, I mean, I think a 4 0 start's possible and we'll get to them in a minute. I don't know what to expect out of North Carolina last year. They burned yeah. me last year. So, um, well, yeah, I'll say I'll elaborate more on this when we get there. I think we, were a year too early on North Carolina. I think this is the year that they're going to pick it up like we thought they would last year. But, yeah, their their first five games, they need to win at least three or four of them because then they got to rattle off Pitt, Miami, and North Carolina State. I don't see them winning any of those three games. Uh, Georgia Tech, uh, depending on what Tech does, it's a little bit later in the season. That's, um, I don't, you don't, there's no telling what Tech looks like, man. Yeah. And then Duke, I think they win. Liberty, I think they win. Then Virginia, that's a rivalry. Honestly, anything can happen, but I do think Virginia wins that. So, they're – yeah. They're playing at Liberty. Did you see that? They're playing at Liberty. Play at Liberty? Oh, wow. That's kind of weird. But And honestly, Liberty could mess around and win. Yeah, I'm kind of interested <laughs> how Liberty does, just without Malik Willis. That, that'll be an interesting team to keep an eye on. But I like Virginia Tech to make a bowl game. I think they start off well. I think Brent Pry, he was a good defense coordinator at Penn State. He he kind of brings that right Virginia Tech attitude, you know, the old lunch pail, blue-collar stuff back to Virginia Tech. And I, I'm at least interested to see how that goes. Um, from one first-year head coach to another in the same state, Virginia, Tony Elliott, he's been off. He was offensive coordinator at Clemson for quite a while. He's going to inherit one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC and Brendan Armstrong, who quite literally had to do everything for them last year. Yeah. I'll say this for Virginia. I think they have the best set of receivers in the ACC with uh, Dontavian Wicks. 
I don't like anything else about this team. This their, their defense was 121st total last year. I don't see any reason it's going to be better. All five starting offensive linemen transferred. No their running way. Game, yeah, their running game is wow. not great either. Although I think Miami transfer Cody Brown could be pretty good. I just I, when your quarterback is running for his life every snap, yeah, they could lose. But and but here's the kicker: their schedule is soft. Richmond. Yeah, I was just looking at that. They have a really easy schedule this year. Richmond at Illinois, Old Dominion at Syracuse, at Duke. At worst, you're four and one because I'm actually – we'll get to the big team later. I'm kind of high on Illinois as a bowl team this year. And just, again, I think their their defensive line's pretty good and has some dudes on it. If Virginia can't block anybody, they can lose anybody. That That's the problem here. Um, but then the, the, the back half of that schedule, they get Miami, North Carolina, and Pitt. I think they win more often than not, but I don't think they're a lock against Coastal Carolina. Really? Why you say that? Because Grayson McCall, I think he can be as good of a quarterback oh, as he's strong in that game. And again, like if, if your offense, their offensive line was terrible as it was last year yeah. with they all new starters. Coming back. And it's, we don't know what, what Elliott is as a head coach. Yeah. I mean, at least you knew their offense was kind of funky last year, but you knew they could throw the ball. But I'll say in those close games, if you have a quarterback like Armstrong, I think you can win more often than not. I, I think they make a bowl game because of that that soft schedule at the start. But personally, I think this is going to be a team that's worse than their record indicates. I I, I don't think this is going to be a very strong team. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on the Cavs. I mean, no, nah, other than Armstrong, I think he's good. I mean, he threw for almost 4,500 passing yards last year, 65% completions, 31-10 uh, and 10 is touchdown-to-interception ratio. He was sacked 31 times. I see that number skyrocketing now. Yeah, we were probably um, hitting mid-40s there. Yeah, and it was even worse last year because they didn't have a single rusher get more than 350 rushing yards the entire season. So it's really just going to all be on Armstrong. He's going to have to make it happen. But with Tony Elliott, I feel like with the softness of their schedule, especially their road schedule, I mean, at Syracuse, at Duke, at Georgia Tech, and at Virginia Tech, I mean, I feel like they could rattle off two or three wins out of that road schedule alone. Um, Yeah, it's just going to be really tough with that offensive line. Like you said, they're not going to be able to get much going. I, th- I think Georgia Tech beats them at home on the Thursday night. So? I, I think that's one of Georgia Tech's wins. Like, I, I think Georgia Tech has a couple of guys that, um, like, Keon White, he's a defenseman. Yeah. He transferred from Ole Miss a couple – or not Ole Miss, Old Dominion a couple of years ago. Um, was hurt last year. I think he's going to be a terror on that – against that offensive line. And if and Georgia Tech put a lot of points on Virginia last year, I don't think their defense will improve. So, I, I think that's one of Georgia Tech's wins, actually. And I don't see many people giving them that win, but I do. Um to the most disappointing team in the ACC last, well, I guess not non-Clemson aside, North Carolina started the off in the top ten. It did not go well at all. Um, they, you know, starting from the opening game against Virginia Tech, and then you know they were blown out by Georgia Tech um, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium last year. Yep. Sam Howell is gone, and this is a team that suffered a lot of injuries here lately. Starting running back British Brooks is done. He got hurt the other day. Antoine Green. One of their other starting receivers, he is done. This is a defense that was 105th in scoring defense and brought in former Auburn head coach Gene Chizik to try to right the ship there. Maybe it works. I don't know. He was a pretty good defensive coordinator formerly. I don't – you know, things can change, you know, when you're in the TV booth um, for a while. 
I think Josh Downs is one of the best receivers in the ACC, if not the best. This the they haven't declared a starting quarterback. The rumor is that they're going to rotate guys up until that Notre Dame game. Oh wow! And then they have an odd schedule. Like they'll beat Florida A and M next Saturday, but they have to go to App State. That's tough, man. I was just looking at that. And they have to go to Georgia State. Like, I think they beat Georgia State, but Georgia State's kind of frisky. Like, they can throw the ball around and they can score. Like, if North Carolina's defense isn't better, they could lose that game. I don't think they will, but they could. Um, This team is recruited pretty well. You know, they brought in a couple of five stars um, on the offensive and defensive lines, but the, the results just haven't been there. I think they're a sleeper. And I think at the same time, they're both a sleeper and overrated. Like, I, I just – I don't know where to place North Carolina quite yet. Yeah, looking at their schedule, those first three games, going to App State, that's going to be so tough. That was the first thing that popped out. Like, of course, they play Notre Dame. They play Miami, Wake Forest, and North Carolina State. But that App State game just popped out in my mind, like, before all else. Um, they could very well go two and one. Or like you said, if they lose to Georgia State, they could be one and two after week three. Um, it's really going to depend. They got to get their quarterback situation figured out between Jacoby Criswell and Drake May. I personally like Drake May, uh, but everything I've heard about Criswell is that he can make it happen. So they got to figure that out. But last year, I think we were a little bit too early on North Carolina. I think they will be better this year. Um, I just, I feel like with the playmakers they got, of course, like you said, Josh Downs, um, if they figure out the quarterback position, they will be able to throw and score the football. Um, yeah, and I, I like the position they're in this year compared to last year. I think we set the bar a little too high for them last year, and they didn't hit it. So this year I feel like they're going to have the year they were supposed to have last year. Yeah, it's a little different when you don't have as much pressure. But the thing that that makes me hesitant just the past couple of days is just the injuries. Like, British Brooks is a pretty good running back. He's gone. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, I think it was green. Yeah, and then their offensive line was a disaster last year. Like, if you watch North Carolina at all, Sam Howell running for his life every play. Like, if well, they're they got off- in, they got in two transfers: um, Spencer Rowland and uh, Corey Gaynor. Yeah, uh, I think that's how you say his name. Yeah, they got in two transfers, and they're both grad transfers, so they got experience. So hopefully, that can beef up the O line a little bit. So we'll go from North Carolina to the defending ACC champions, and. That's a phrase I did not think I would be uttering at this time <laughs> last year. Um, Pitt had – their win total had to be at, like, uh, seven wins. Yep. Um, I think Pitt is good, but they're not going to be as good as last year. Um, watching a lot of USC over the years, I don't think Keaton Slovis is that good. I think he was very overrated from the time he got in there. Um, losing, losing Jordan Addison is – that hurts. huge. Like it's your top. I mean, he was. Think about all the good receivers in college football last year: Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Jordan Addison won the Bolitnikoff Award for best yeah. receiver in the country. Now, well, you can argue whether he should have or not. That's a different discussion. But he did. Um, and you can like or dislike how that whole thing went down with USC. But the fact of the matter is, this team returns all five offensive linemen. Um, they return all their defensive linemen. Uh, Clint Cancy, he is one of the best defensive linemen. He'll be a, as good as those Clemson guys are. He will be a first team All ACC player. This team is always tough on defense, even though like they were 115th in passing defense. I think there were some injuries back there from from what I remember. So 
I like this team. I don't think they're going to win the ACC again, but I think most of the teams they play, they can bully on the line of scrimmage. And I think you might see that against Tennessee, who I think is pretty weak on the line of scrimmage. So I don't know your thoughts on Pitt, but. I don't know. The thing with Pitt, losing Jordan Addison and losing Kenny Pickett, I mean, I, I don't see them having the same season they had last year. And also the thing about last year is Clemson. I mean, Clemson is the ultimate factor in the ACC, and they have been for a couple years now. But if Clemson comes out and plays the way they're supposed to, because on paper nobody is supposed to scale to Clemson in the ACC, but if they come out firing on all cylinders, I just don't see Pitt even coming close to winning the ACC again. Um yeah, I think losing Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison, I think that's going to be detrimental to them. Although having that offensive line back, having those players on defense, that could win them a lot of games. And just looking at their schedule, um, I mean. I'm glad uh, the backyard brawl is back with West Virginia, by the way. I, I'm excited. That's going to be a crazy atmosphere that first Thursday. Well, just looking at their schedule, I mean, they don't play – as of right now, according to the AP poll, the only ranked team they play is Miami at the end of the year. So, I mean, they got a pretty soft schedule. Their Clemson's not in there. Tennessee, I feel like that's going to be a hard game, even though it's at home. I feel like Tennessee can make some noise. That game's going to tell us a whole lot about yeah. both those teams. Um, and but, they get Miami in a tricky spot because Miami plays Clemson yeah. before. So, even if Miami were to beat Clemson, per se, maybe you get Miami riding a little too high and, and – and, off their guard a little bit, or maybe you catch Miami, you know, down a little bit because they couldn't beat Clemson again. But at Miami, though, I think that's the biggest thing. That's man. true. That's going to be yeah. really tough. But yeah, out of the just out of the rest of their schedule, I think they could easily rattle off eight wins, if not nine, um, just because I think that schedule is a little softer. But yeah, not having Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison, that's the determining factor there for me. I asked this all, all all season last year, and I'm going to just ask it before we move on to this season. How did they lose to Western Michigan last year? <laughs> as good as Pitt was, how did they lose to Western Michigan last year? Oh, what was the final score of that game? 44 to 41. Oh, gosh. I, if, I they don't, if they don't lose to Western Michigan, like, I, there's a chance they're in the playoff. And that's what's crazy. Kenny Pickett threw six touchdowns that game. Yeah. Like, and they still I've just not, not been able okay. to piece that together. Even if <laughs> even if they go on to still lose to Miami, like an eleven and one pit ACC champion, I think that because I think they would have found a way to get Cincinnati out any way they could have. But well, from the from Pitt, we've got one more team to go, and that is Miami. They um they've been in the news this offseason. They they apparently Miami has money now, so they're going out <laughs> and hiring Mario Cristobal. They went and got Josh Gaddis from Michigan, who is the Broyles Award winner as the top assistant coach last year. Kevin Steele has come back, and he is the defensive coordinator. Charlie Strong is the linebackers coach. You know, they're poaching defensive backs coach from Georgia. Um, they're, there's a lot of momentum with Miami, and a lot of that has to do with some of the transfers they got, but I think none bigger than Tyler Van Dyke, who finished on an absolute tear last season. His final six games, 300 yards and three touchdowns in every one of them. I saw the stat, the only other quarterback in the playoff era to have those numbers in those, that uh, many games in a row was Joe Burrow. Um, I'll say one thing about that. The defenses he played towards in the last year were not very good, and I still think that they're, he needs to show it over a full season, and you're going to get that early on. They go to College Station in what I think is just a fascinating game for both teams. Um, 
we'll get to our picks in a little bit. I think Miami wins the Coastal. I just I think Van Dyke is that good. I think the talent on Miami, while I think they're I have concerns at receiver and a little bit of depth at running back, maybe. I, I just I think this team is going to be much better coached. I think they have a really good quarterback, and I think the transfers they got on defense, whether it's Team Mesador from West Virginia, um, Mitchell Agudier from UCLA, or Caleb Johnson also from UCLA, I think those guys step in and make an impact. And I, I think I think Miami easily hits their win total of eight and a half. I think they at worst go nine and three, and I think they can beat A and M. I don't know that they will, but I, if A and M's offense doesn't show enough improvement, they can go into College Station and win that game. Yeah. Uh, I like Tyler Van Dyke. It's just the only issue with me is Miami. Crystal Ball's first year. I honestly like Crystal Ball. Like, I hear a lot of chatter on social media and all that stuff, just teams going back and forth with each other. I like Mario Crystal Ball. Um, I just don't see him making that much of a difference in the first year. Um, I think what he's doing in recruiting as of right now and setting them the program up for success in the future is going to be great. But as of this season, I mean, I honestly see them losing to A&M, Clemson, and Pitt. Um, I mean, of course, Clemson, they got to come out firing all cylinders and Pitt. Uh, depending on what they do, uh, they got to play them at the end of the year. Hopefully there's no injuries involved there. But that's three games I see them losing. But honestly, outside of that, I don't see Miami losing anything else. Um, I think FSU, I'm really high on FSU this year. I think they can uh-huh. give them some trouble. Uh but outside of that, yeah, I mean, university. That would be a gut is. punch, wouldn't it? Lose to A&M and they rattle off, what, seven, eight in a row and then get to those last two games. I'll say this. If people are annoyed by Miami hype or anything like that, if they beat Texas A&M, you better get ready for all of it because yeah, that, it's, it's going off bad, the reels. It's all going the Miami old heads crazy. are going to be bad, dude. <laughs> Man. Man, it's – yeah. All I'll say is, like, if you get annoyed by that type of stuff and the Miami's back and all that type of stuff, be well, ready honestly, it's probably going to be even worse for A&M because A&M, because of all the yeah. uh, conflict over the summer and whatever else, Bama fans are going to be going at A&M. The rest of the SEC is going to clown A&M. And then you got Miami, of course. But, yeah, I like Miami to win eight games this year at minimum. I think they could push nine. Uh, they would have to pull an upset against A&M or Clemson for me to sit there and say they're going to have 10 wins. But Crystal Ball, I like what he's doing for the program and where the program looks like it's headed in the future. But outside of that, I don't see it changing that much in year one. And next, we're going to talk about Syracuse starting at the bottom of the Atlantic division. Um it doesn't seem like that long ago Dino Babers was winning 10 games at Syracuse and kind of seemed to have that program on the upswing, but Syracuse is a tough job. Uh, it, it's been tough to kind of keep that going there, especially with the COVID year, but this is a team that has a win total set at four right now, but there's some reasons to like this team. I don't know that many people know the name Sean Tucker, but he was the ACC's leading rush last year, and I, I think he's a really good back. Um, you know, people think of Babers at Syracuse and as an offensive team. This was a team that was 19th in total defense last year. That they that kept them in some games, and I think they, wow. yeah, like but there's some games that they can win, and I think it starts with a big um, opportunity against Louisville. I just I think the quarterback position. I I just I don't think Garrett Schrader is that good. I don't think their passing attack is all that good, even with with Babers as a head coach. And I hope that that if they have another losing year that. Babers isn't let go. All of that is a possibility because I do think he's a good football coach. Um, you got any big thoughts on the Orange heading into the season? 
I'm trying to get their schedule pulled up. What are the what is their uh win total as of right now? Four. Four. Uh let's see. They start Man, out the season. Four and a half. They start out the season with Purdue. Yeah, week three. And I, I think they can win that game at home. Oh, man. Yeah, so they got Louisville, Purdue, uh, Virginia, of course, North Carolina State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Pitt. That that four-game stretch right there at the end of uh, October, that's going to be really, really tough. I don't see them pulling a win out of that. Um, but Florida State, uh, that could be winnable. Like I said, we don't know what, quite yet what Florida State is going to be. But at Boston College, um, did they end up beating Boston College last year at the end of the season? Uh, they did. They did. 21. And so I can see them hitting four or five wins this season, especially with the non-conference games they have outside of Notre Dame, of course. Um, I can see them hitting that. Um, yeah, outside of that, I just don't expect too much from the Orange this year. I'll leave it at this. I think they could be a pain for a lot of teams in the ACC play at week in and week out. Like I, I don't like. I think Clemson and Notre Dame and NC State probably won't be close, but. I don't think it's a lock that they lose those other games just because they bring a lot of starters on that defense back. Um, they get Robert and I, who was the offensive coordinator at Virginia last year. I don't know if anybody really got the chance to see Virginia's offense last year. It was just, it was bizarre. Like they, they just, they run a lot of different things. So I'm interested to see how they turn out. I, I, they've got a lot of interesting individual talent, but when you have that big a question mark at the quarterback position, it, it just, it limits your upside in my eyes. Um, and so that'll take us to who they play in week one, and that's Louisville, a team that I'm actually very high on and I, I think could even be the third best team in the Atlantic. Um, Malik Cunningham, I think, is one of the ACC's best quarterbacks. I mean, he's an electric athlete. He's made strides as a passer as well from when we saw him a couple of years ago to now. Um, their defense has got to improve. That's been one thing about the Scott Satterfield era is their defenses have just been really bad throughout but despite losing Tyler Harrell to Alabama this is offense still has a pretty good bit of playmakers their offensive line I think will be pretty good so their win total set at six and a half and I, I love it like I, I really think this team's going over I don't think they're going to win the division or challenge Clemson but I'll say this they should have beat Clemson last year I went back and I saw that game the other day on and they really had a chance to win that game so I think this is a team that's uh, poised to take another step yeah, I really like Malik Cunningham. He's a great athlete. But biggest thing I'm looking at, they lost Tyler Harrell, of course. But they got in Tyler Hudson and D. Wiggins as transfers. They're both juniors. Um, they got some transfers in on the defense side of the ball. Uh, Momo Sanogo, I think, inside linebacker. Um, and Jermaine Lowell. Um, I think they will be fine. I think they can hit six wins at least, maybe seven. Uh, if I'm just looking strictly based off their schedule, you see at UCF, that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun game to watch. Um, I think they beat South Florida at Boston College and at Virginia. I'm very interested to see how both of those go. Um, Pitt, Wake, Clemson, North Carolina State, and Kentucky to end off their season. Uh, if they can pull out one win out of those five games, I think it would be against Pitt. Uh, pick or pit or Wake Forest, I think that'd be really good for them. But yeah, I definitely see them hitting at least six or seven wins this year. Yeah, like I said, I, I think their offense and it, it's been consistent throughout Satterfield's time there. They just they've got to find some improvement on defense. Like they they've just they've got to find a way to get that unit fixed. And um, I don't know if there's a team that maybe has sharper disagreements on than Florida State 
in this division. Um, they've been kind of a point, a laughing point the past few years for various different reasons. You know, they almost beat Notre Dame last year, and then they turn right around and lose on a Hail Mary to Jacksonville State. And just, just, a, just a dreadful do you, re- do you remember what the college football world was like when that game ended, bro? Oh, my gosh, dude. Oh, that's the, you never want to be the topic of late night college football Twitter generally. That, that as Texas when they lost to Kansas, like that, that's just not a place where you want to be. And man, and I, I couldn't believe like I was, um, I was writing something up, and I had USC Stanford on my TV when that happened. And I, I got the, I saw the highlight on Twitter, and my jaw dropped. I'm like, they did not just lose that game like that. Um, but. No revenge game this year. They do play in week zero against Duquesne. Um, they, they'll win that game. It, it'll all be about getting ready for that. It's not a neutral site game. That's going to be an LSU home game in New Orleans. I'm actually high on FSU, and I still think they may just win six games. That This schedule is just nasty. That schedule is brutal, man. And there's just so many 50-50 games. Like, if, if you – like, I think they lose to LSU. I think they lose to Louisville. The Wake Forest game is interesting because we'll get to them in a minute, but Sam Hartman may or may not play in that game. So yeah. if he doesn't, I like FSU there. I still think they can win if he does play, but at NC State, that's going to be tough. I, yeah. you know, Georgia Tech at home, I, I think they'll beat the Yellow Jackets, but the, the interesting thing is the two weeks before they play Tech, they play NC State Clemson, and then the week after Tech, they got the big rivalry game against Miami. So they could be licking their wounds and then looking forward to Miami kind of at, at the same time, and maybe they get surprised a little bit. Yeah. Um, obviously, you end the season at Florida. And even the Syracuse game, like you have to go to Syracuse. Like that's a tough place to play just because it's so far out of the way from all these other ACC schools. Um, I don't think it's even called the Carrier Dome anymore. I don't know what they call it anymore. But I think they get to a bowl game for the first time in a few years. I think their running game is really good. Jordan Travis is – a He's going to have to make some improvements as a passer, and he's got to stay healthy. Like, if he gets hurt, they're in a bad position. Even though they lost Jermaine Johnson, I think their defense will be pretty good this year. Jared Verse, the transfer from Albany, I like what he brings to the table. Um, Fabian Lovett's a pretty good inside line or interior lineman. I like this team. I, I, I still have some questions if Norvell's the guy to do it, but this schedule's just tough. Yeah, I'm very, I'm really high on Florida State. I actually have them upsetting LSU uh, okay. early in the season just because we don't know what LSU is going to be, and that's going to be LSU's first game of the year under the Brian Kelly regime. And if they come out and play as hard as they played against Nor- uh, Notre Dame at the beginning of last year, I think that FSU could pull off the upset. But, yeah, like you said, man, I mean, Wake, North Carolina State, Clemson, you got Georgia Tech thrown in there in Miami, and then you got to end off with Florida. That's easily five or six losses right there alone. Um, I I do like them to go mm, roughly – if they can hit seven and five, I think that will be a good season for them because I still think they're making some tread, uh, some treadway in recruiting right now, trying to set themselves up in the future. I'm a big fan of Mike Norvell. I hope they can get it figured out. But, yeah, like you said, this schedule, they're, they're going to be one of those teams where their record may or may not define how actually good this team could be. Um, but I do like them at least making a bowl game this year. You saw them improve at the end of last year. Like, they, they were playing as a – like, they again, they're another team that had a chance to beat Clemson. Um, you know, they did beat Miami. They beat, beat Boston, Boston College. At Boston College, that was huge. 
Yeah, and and they also beat North Carolina for whatever that means to you. So, and they only lost to Florida by three. So, I'll say about that Florida game, Florida like that's kind of a bad loss to me because Florida kind of bottomed out at the end of last year and kind of didn't care. So, if they were to not make a bowl game, is there any chance Mike Norvell's fired? Uh or do yes. they just say, "Hey, this is still a rebuild. This is a tough schedule." Or that's how I feel like they should look at it. But being college football the way it is now, I mean, if your coach doesn't show any signs of improvement in his first three years as a head coach, I they're really quick to pull the trigger and fire a guy. But I think they should just invest in Mike Norvell. Uh, Mike Norvell. But yeah, if they don't make a bowl game this year, it's very likely he's on a hot seat of some kind. There, there's going to be a lot of overreactions to that LSU game either way, whichever way it goes. Whether Florida State wins or LSU wins, there's going to be some hot takes coming in that night. It's going, so. to, it's going to be a great game. I mean, I know we got I'm, I'm anxious for it. On, but yeah. It's going to be a good game. So, from Tallahassee, Florida to Boston College, uh, a team that, you know, has been kind of on the precipice of taking a step, but injuries have kind of hindered them. Um, Jeff Halfley has, has done a pretty good job from since coming over from, from Ohio State. Um, Phil Dracovic was out for the latter part of last year, for most of last year, and their passing game stunk once he left. That Their backup quarterback was not very good. Zay Flowers reportedly had offers of a lot of money to leave in the portal. didn't happen. So one of the ACC's best uh, quarterback wide receiver duos is back. I'm not as high on this team. I, I know a lot of people just look Dracovic Flowers. They'll be good. This defense uh, – I, I just I think that they 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 lost some guys and their offensive line is a huge concern to me. It's they, they're losing a lot up there, and their schedule is is difficult. Like playing in the Atlantic, there's just a lot of toss up games because um, I don't think there's a ton of separation between those teams after Clemson. So I think they probably make a bowl game, but I think there's also a chance that they might screw around and not. Yeah, I agree with you, man. If you sit there and look at their schedule last year, I mean, they rattled off four wins. They got a big win in overtime against Missouri, but after that, they just fell off the deep end. After week four, they only put up 20 points twice for the rest of the season, and one of those was even in the loss. Um, So they got to learn to put up points. I think they're – what their quarterback, their leading quarterback, only had twelve hundred passing yards last year. It's rough, man. It's hard to win games whenever you can't even throw the ball like that. Uh, and it's not even like he threw it accurately either. He didn't even throw sixty percent uh, of his passes for completion. But yeah, this year, um, looking at their schedule, those last three games, I think they lose against North Carolina State, Notre Dame, and Syracuse. Uh, Clemson and Wake Forest, I think they lose. Louisville, I think. They lose Florida State. Uh, I feel like that could be a toss-up. Yeah, I just see at least five or six losses this year uh, at minimum. It, they will be lucky if they make a bowl game this year. For all we we talked about Will Levis on our last episode, and while we didn't understand why he's getting the hype, the guy I think that should be getting some NFL. Like I don't know if he's a top ten pick, but I think Dracovic is an NFL quarterback. Like he's, he's got size and he's got the arm, and he's really elevated that. That that passing attack when he's healthy, like when he's not, they're they're a disaster. But um, I like Dracovic and I like Flowers. I don't like much else about this team, and I think they're going to struggle in some games, especially some of the closer ones. So, a team that I currently feel very bad for because there's just a lot of circumstances around, and that's Wake Forest. Um, 
everybody's heard star quarterback Sam Hartman is out right now with a medical issue. And Dave Clawson, head coach Dave Clawson, said he's going to be back this year. He didn't say when, though. The good thing for them is their first three games against BMI, Vanderbilt, and Liberty are all winnable. They'll win those games even with a backup quarterback. But then you have back-to-back games against Clemson and Florida State. That's going to be tough without Hartman. I think it'd be tough with Hartman just because, you know, Wake Forest defense was – I don't know how many people saw the Army game last year. Army put 56 points on them, and Wake was was 111th in rushing defense. So they also play Army again this year. So it's – could we get another – Army put up 70 on them last year? Put up 56. Wake Forest got 70. Oh, Wake Forest got 70. That's what I was looking at. No, just a two-touchdown difference, (laughs) That game was just kind of fun and kind of sad at the same time. But, you know, this was a team that has – it's amazing to me that we can sit here and say Wake Forest win total is eight and a half and debate whether they's going to go over it. I'll I'll say that. Like, Dave Clawson's really elevated this program. Obviously, they don't recruit at a top ten level. Like, they're going to have disadvantages when they play certain teams. You saw it in the game against Clemson last year, but – A.T. Perry – they develop receivers really well. Like, A.T. Perry's a legit – he'll play in the league um, at the next level. Without Hartman, I I just – I think their schedule is soft enough to start. I still think they can make a bull game, and I think – I do think he'll be back at some point this year. I just don't know when it is. So, I I don't really know how to – do what to do with them. Yeah. I mean, depending if they can get the quarterback situation figured out. I mean, with Hartman, there's no reason – if I'm being completely honest with you, there's no reason they don't win 10 games this year if they have Hartman losing to only Clemson and North Carolina State. I truly feel like that. But what the guy they're going to have to replace Hartman with, uh, I still think they can rattle off eight wins. I mean, you got three wins right off the bat in the first three weeks of the season. Um, Clemson, I think that's lost. Florida State at Florida State, that's going to be huge. And then Army, of course, Army's going to play anybody hard. doesn't matter who you are. Um, but at Louisville and at North Carolina State, I think that's that's really going to be the nitty-gritty for them. It's later in the season, late October. If you get Hartman back, it's going to be very hard to work him in, especially if you have to go to those two places. Um, and if he's not back, I hope the guy that replaces him has it figured out by then because that's going to be two that's going to be two road games that's really going to test them. But outside of that, I think they win the last three games of their season. So yeah, with Hartman, I think they could win ten games with this schedule. But since they don't have Hartman, I'm a at least give them eight wins minimum this year. I hope Sam Hartman comes back. He's a great Me quarterback. Too. I hope all the best for him. So my question to you: Are you buying the NC State hype? I definitely am. I love everything about NC State. I love their program. Um, I had them winning the ACC this year. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as to say they made the playoffs yet just because we never know with the playoff committee who's going to make it. But just looking at their schedule, I mean, the only team that I'm really worried about is Clemson right now. Um, outside of that, they their first four games, I think they win. That's smart um, non-conference scheduling right there. Yeah, their first four <laughs> games, I think they start out 4-0. Clemson can be tough, but I feel like with their defense and the schemes that they're able to run and the unit they have, I feel like they could be Clemson if DJ isn't playing up the par, but they got FSU at home. I feel like they win that one. Um, 
Wake Forest, like I said, if they can't get Hartman back, it's going to be really hard for uh, Wake Forest to pull that game out. But they're playing at home against Wake, so either way, that would be tough. Um, so, yeah, I really like them. I see them winning 10 games this year. I, I'm, I wasn't on them early. I've kind of been talked back into it a little bit. I was on this team last year, actually. Yeah. One of my favorite bets last year was a, a NC State over six and a half. Like, there was no way. That win total was way too low. Yeah. Now it's up to eight and a half. I, the problem with me is more of a historical thing. When NC State does they, – they've never finished in the top ten in, in the AP. Really? Pool. Never. Like, that's – there's been – there's, there's been years where they've – and they've had one 10-win season when then Phillip Rivers was there. When this team has expectations, they just do something inexplicable. Yeah. That game against Clemson is, is going to be crazy. It's it, the, What worries me about that is that it's in Clemson. Um, losing Icky Aquano on the offensive line is nothing to sneeze at. You know, when a program like NC State loses a top-10 NFL draft pick, it's not like Alabama. You just are five-star, get in, Ohio State, same thing. It, it's, it's a little different. So, you know, their defense, I think, is going to be lights out. I think their defense is going to be really good. I think Devin Leary is a very good quarterback, 35 touchdowns, five interceptions. This team was really insistent on running the ball last year more than they should have been. Like, they they really need to open this offense up a little bit more for me to really buy in. But I think this is a good team. I think at least they get nine wins. Um, it, it, They just – they've got to – like, they shouldn't – for as good a team as they were last year, they shouldn't lose to Mississippi State. And that game was not very close at all. Yeah. You know, they, they kind of screwed around and lost to Miami last year as well and then blew the game against Wake Forest. But – I'm buying this team. I don't think they'll win the Atlantic like you do. The team I do think is going to win the Atlantic is the next team we're going to talk about and the final team we're going to talk about, and that is little old Clemson, as Dabo Sweeney would have you believe. I'll say I think this is the best defense in the country, and it's mostly because of that defensive line. Like I think them them and Alabama I think are on the same tier of defense, and I just – Miles Murphy, Brian Brzee's back from injury. Tyler Davis, um, Xavier Thomas was dinged up. He's going to be out for a few weeks, but they have KJ Henry. You know how convenient. And yep. I don't know if people know the linebackers Trenton Simpson and Barrett Carter, but you need to. They're really good. I think if you have a slight concern, is they lost Andrew Booth and Mario Goodrich at corner. I think Nate Wiggins is a future star at the cornerback position. However. They had an awful offense last year, and that's putting it nicely. 100th in total offense. DJU was 13th out of 14 quarterbacks in the ACC in efficiency, and yet they won 10 games. That's the thing that gets me. Their offense was that bad last year, and they won 10 games. They were a pick six away from – Georgia won that game on a pick six against the defending national champions. I think this team is really good. But I think there's just – if their offense doesn't improve, I think there's spots where they can slip up. I think NC State is a losable game. I think going to Notre Dame is a losable game. I think Miami and Louisville, to me, are losable games. I I don't think they lose all those games, obviously. But yeah. promoting from – you know, I, I think we didn't, we didn't even touch yet on – you lost Tony Elliott and Brent Venables. Yeah. Uh, Brent Venables was the best defensive coordinator in college football for for years. And I, while their defense is still going to be good, you don't know the little things that can go wrong with replacing him. 
I wasn't the biggest fan of Tony Elliott as a play caller, but, you know, their offense wasn't good last year, and you promote the quarterback's coach to OC and play caller. That concerns me. Maybe Dabo knows a lot more about football than I do. So maybe he's right on this. What are your thoughts on the Tigers, and are they – you're picking NC State, but should they be the slam dunk pick that everybody thinks that they have been in the past to win the ACC? Which I know you're into. Talk about Clemson? Yeah. No, I mean, I just – offensively, I just don't see it. I mean, you got Will Shipley, but out of everybody on that offense, Will Shipley is the only one I would rely on to be productive for you because DJ at this point, how how well has he developed? I mean, you lose both your coordinators. You lose – I mean, you lose one of the best DBs in the ACC last year and Andrew Booth. Uh, that front seven, it's absolutely insane. And even the backups, I mean, you got guys like K.J. Henry coming off the bench. I'm pretty sure K.J. Henry was like one of the highest rated high school recruits ever. Like, yeah. you got guys like him coming off the bench, Brian Brzee coming back. Xavier Thomas, he's huge. I hope he can come back healthy and finish off the season. I've always had really high hopes for him whenever he got to Clemson. Um, but the biggest issue I see is not necessarily DJ, and I think this is what um, this uh, – what I say accompanied DJ struggles last year. I, they don't have any receivers that can create separation like at all. Like, of course they got big and tall. They got guys that can win contested balls, but they don't have guys that can create uh, separation. You don't have so, a hundred Renfro. Yeah. You don't have a hundred Renfro. They had a guy, Amari Rogers a couple years ago. They had him. Um, they just don't have guys that can create space with their route running with their hands and their footwork. I think that plays a big role whenever you have a guy like DJ, a guy that has a big arm. Um, I hope DJ can get it figured out. I really do. Um, just because I remember keeping up with him in high school when he got to Clemson and playing behind Trevor Lawrence. I hope he gets it figured out. But I just don't see them making that significant of a change on offense, especially after losing their coordinator. And the thing with Dabo, I understand he wants to promote from within. He wants to keep the family home. He wants to promote guys that his players trust and know. I understand that. But also, if there is a guy that is better at the job that can make your team better, Dabo, I feel like he should have reached out. I feel like there were guys to hire that could have – been a lot better than the guys he's promoted. So, I, I mean, with Clemson's schedule, of course, uh, they played Notre Dame. I am very interested to see how that game goes. Um, but outside of that, uh, Miami, they could very well lose to Miami, considering if Miami plays how they need to play this year, if they end up getting in a shootout. I like Miami just because I like their quarterback more. Um, Wake Forest and NC State right there the first uh, five weeks of the season – that's going to be the setting point. If they lose to NC State, I feel like that determines the rest of their schedule for the rest of the season. If they beat NC State, I think they will be fine and they will they will have had it figured out. But also don't sleep on them going to Florida State because Florida State could very well win that game at home. So, yeah, I just I don't like where Clemson's at right now, and I don't see them making that big of a jump from last year. Yeah, yeah. Um... So I guess let's get to some of our superlatives and picks, although we've kind of been dropping some hints. So best non-conference game, um, it was a tie for me between Clemson, Notre Dame, and Miami A&M. I'll lean Miami A&M just because I think that just that's a tone setter. I, I just I think whoever wins that game could really get some momentum riding. Um, I don't know if you had another game in mind as far as best non-conference game. 
I'm gonna have to go straight with Week One, uh, Florida State and LSU. I just I'm so excited to see that game first week of the season. Like we're gonna have um, Georgia and Oregon. You're gonna have Ohio State Notre Dame. Honestly, I'll the entire slate Week One. I Utah, can't wait Florida. to see Florida State and uh, yeah Utah and Florida. I just can't wait to see Florida State and LSU. So best conference game um, for me, it's Miami Clemson. I think Clemson NC State's pretty close, but. I mean, I think, as we'll get to in a second, Miami-Clemson is a preview of the ACC championship game for me, so that that's my pick. I'm going to have to go with North Carolina State and Clemson because I think that can be a defining point for both of their seasons, especially at that point in the year. Um, most overrated team, go. Clemson. I mean, I don't see how with how they performed last year, I don't see how you can have them in the top five, I mean, in the AP poll ranking. So when I was thinking of this, there's not a lot of teams I feel are just really overrated, like there's just a sore thumb sticking out. I'm going to go with an odd choice. I'm going to go with Virginia. I just see a lot of people ranking them in the top 30, 40, and and whether it's just really anything and just expecting this team to just be good because they have Armstrong and Tony Elliott. I think this team could be bad if if things go uh, the wrong way. Um, Most underrated team to you? Um, Most underrated team to me. I'm going to have to go with Pitt. I mean, I I think that a lot of people, they're going to sleep on Pitt this year. But like you said, bringing that entire offensive line back, I feel like they could be good. It's just a matter of getting the quarterback position figured out and finding those playmakers. But I think um, with the team they already have, I think they'll be able to figure it out. Offensive player of the year, uh, my my most underrated. Excuse me, yeah, yeah. I'm going Louisville. I think I think Louisville is going to be dangerous this year. I think their offense. You know, I, I just talked about them a few minutes ago, but give me Louisville to pull some upsets this year. Um, yeah. Offensive player of the year, I'm going Tyler Van Dyke, quarterback of Miami. I think he's ready for a huge year this year. Uh, I'm gonna go Malik Cunningham. I just the dual threat dynamic of it. I feel like he's going to have a fantastic year this year. That was my runner-up. It, it was tough choosing between those. Defensive player of the year, I think, is a runaway. I think it's Brian Brzee. Everybody talks, rightfully so, about Jalen Carter being the best interior lineman. Brian Brzee, when he's healthy, is close to that level. I think Carter's better, but I think Brzee is, is pretty dang close up there, and I think he's a future top-ten pick. Uh, it is either between him or Miles Murphy for me, honestly. Yeah. I mean, just anybody – you could pick anybody on that defensive line and they could easily have a case for it by the end of the year. Um, but I like your pick. I think it is between one of those two. So, last thing to pick, conference champion. I'm going Miami over Clemson. Um, I think they have the best quarterback in the conference. I think they have one of the five best quarterbacks in the country. And I just – to me, that makes a huge difference with coupled with Clemson's offensive issues that I have. And I think Clemson actually beats Miami in the regular season. I think because Miami has to go to Clemson and it, it's it's tough to beat a team twice, though. So I, I think Miami is going to take a lot of that. I, I believe in their coaching staff a lot more. Um, and it scares me hopping on the Miami train. I, I've done it before and it's crashed and burned and lit on fire and everything. But I really believe in this team. I don't think they're a playoff contender. I don't think any team from the ACC is going to get to the playoff. But get, give me Miami over Clemson to to win the ACC. 
I I like that pick. I'm just not as high on Miami as you are, man. I gotta I gotta see the change first. I gotta see Crystal Ball. I gotta see him after just one year. But give me North Carolina State. I think they end up winning the ACC as a whole. I like the unit they have, uh, especially carrying off the momentum they had last year. I think they can get it done this year. Picking NC State to win the ACC. What could go wrong? So, <laughs> and uh, for for that matter, believing in Miami to do anything. What could go wrong? Um, that's our ACC preview. Uh, what were you going to say? I was just going to say Miami. They're in the same boat as Texas. Every year they're back. Every USC, year too. US, well, I think USC has a better season than both of them this year, but we'll get well, to that when we discuss the well, Pac-12. Yeah, and that's coming, by the way. That is coming. We're going to be talking about the Pac-12. We're going to be talking about the Big 12. We're going to be talking about Kansas. We're going to be talking about the Big 10 and talking about Rutgers. We're not leaving anybody out of here. Um, you got anything else before we wrap this up? Uh, I'm good, brother. All right, man. This is the Go Line Stand Podcast. Jackson Caldell and Kobe Reed. Until next time, we will see you.